Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back. If you're watching, if you're listening, if you're just catching the two-minute clip, then you're probably not hearing this, but thanks how, however you're consuming the, the product. We appreciate you jumping in. Another week of Maximize Monday, and it's a holiday week, so extra thankful for all the, the, the support that received over the years and, and everyone that's joined me on the show to kind of discuss what they do. And as you can see, I have an, a new guest with me, uh, Cedric. Thank you so much for jumping on here to discuss what you do, all the help that you're giving to transitioning educators, a, a subject that's pretty near and dear to me and, and near and dear to you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of chatting with you about all that you've done so far and everything like that. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So a uh, short week with the holidays here. So I don't need too much in terms of motivation, but I'll still kind of break down what I what I have going on. Main thing is obviously the holiday coming up. Thanksgiving is kind of one of those holidays for me that I look forward to the most because you don't really have to do too much. You just kind of show up and eat uh, and spend time with your family. Be thankful you don't have to like buy the gifts. We do host, so there is some cooking involved, but I don't really mind that as much just because I don't have to travel. So uh, you, you take the wins with the losses. So Looking forward to some extra time with with family, with friends this weekend uh, and, and spending that time with them. Uh, other things motivating me, though, for the week on Tuesday, I'm going to the 76ers game. It is one of the in-season tournament games, so I'll have to deal with the ugly courts. But other than that, I'm looking forward to, to being there live to support the team uh, and then wish me luck on the weekend. Uh, we are taking my daughter to her second trip to the, the movie theater this time to see the new Trolls movie. She did well with Paw Patrol, so... That was the test run. Now we can we can go back again and and have her enjoy trolls. So she's been looking forward to it. We are too. Um, so can't wait for that. But before we get to the the weekend festivities, three days that are just kind of packed. Uh, usually on those short weeks, I try to fit as much into my schedule as I can, just because I know that I'm gonna have some time off anyway. So I can I can put in a little extra time those three days. So just trying to. I keep everyone updated with the holidays approaching. It's sometimes tough to get, you know, candidates the updates that they need, get that feedback from the hiring managers. So giving myself that goal that by Wednesday, I'll, I'll have an update for everyone who's been in the process with me so far so that they can go into the holiday weekends kind of knowing where they stand. So it's my big goal for the week is just that communication aspect, which is usually a goal for me anyway. I just need to con continuously remind myself to do that. Um, and then a win from the week before, we did get to fill two positions, so I'm thankful to to get these people started on their new positions with the company and and growth opportunities ahead of them. So that's my week going on. How about you? What's what's going on in your week this week? So looking into this week again, thanks to you know for having me on. I appreciate it um, for sure. And um, well, definitely the movies with with a, a young person. Yeah, I got a, a three year old son, so I, I understand. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, Palm Patrol was a good one. Yeah, but. Uh, we um actually have some travel coming up yeah. over the over the week so actually taking some time to just you know a breather if you will with the family we're doing a cruise which is really nice just to kind of get away a little bit um so more so just you know unplugging <laughs> is is somewhat of the goal yeah. before coming back and, and ramping back up and getting to work and really focusing uh again thinking about supports for transitioning teachers and resources that I'm piecing together and, and even uh, some of the folks that I'm looking to collaborate and work with um, in some of those efforts and supports and just, you know, build out more capacity mm -hmm. and really just kind of fine tune, fine tune a lot of things uh, related to what's already been offered uh, and really kind of revving up and, you know, just in the spirit of offering more and more support. 
yeah. uh, based in, of course, I try to think about things really practically and how we can basically take experiences and exposure um, and make it you know, applicable to everyone's situation or even offer some differentiated experiences and uh, supports. So thinking about that, and I know that you, uh, you, you like to reference a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely thinking about um, you know, looking at some of the work that I've been, you know, successful and happy with doing in regards to uh, working with AI. So I think I've, I've built out some pretty interesting kind of capacities and um, just more knowledge base personally and professionally uh, in that sphere to be able to leverage, I think ultimately, you know, for the benefit, uh, not just of myself, but also, of, you know, other fellow educators and, and folks in the professional space. Yeah, uh, and really just thinking about long term, um, down the line types of things. So happy yeah. about that. Definitely, definitely. I, I like the message to to unplug. It's not always the easiest thing to do. So, so certainly it's it's something that you know, especially for someone like you who's kind of in business for yourself, and a lot more that goes into unplugging than than just kind of closing the laptop. So, um, kudos to you, and, and I hope you you get to achieve that goal here as, as you set it for yourself. So. Um, you and I have been connected for some time, first time collaborating, hopefully the first of many times, just because I've always been uh, impressed by your work and what you do and, and the message that you try to send on. And, and obviously, I try to kind of mirror your your sentiments and to a lesser degree, but still kind of talk to the, the transitioning educators, just because there's so many right now that are trying to start something new, um, either by choice or, the, you know, their, their hands are kind of tied, they're relocating or districts have cutbacks, things like that. So however, the, the means that, that have led them to where they are now and having to start that journey, you know, you're one of the, the people I see that is kind of passionate about helping them on that journey. So I'm thankful to have you on here. So just wanted to kind of touch base with you then on, on how that, that journey started for you, you know, how that transition from the classroom to where you are now went and, you know, what led you to make the decision to where you are now, where you wanted to make the focus of what you do in your day-to-day supporting other people that are trying to do what you did. Yes. So for me, what I can say purpose-wise is that it was grounded in, I think, a lot of just in my you know conversations with other educators, transitioning teachers, uh, it is grounded in, I think, a lot of the same need kind mm-hmm. of basis uh, that I see, you know, things like, you know, family support and, um, you know, your mental well-being and all that type of stuff. Um, it, it all plays a factor, but for me, it, it actually started out, and I, I would be, I think, remiss if I didn't mention that I didn't actually start out initially on the pathway of education. I actually uh, was in a, a, a career changer before I even got to education uh-huh. um, and then pivoted as a teacher or uh, as a professional working in a school. Uh, my, back, my original background is actually in science, um, uh-huh. so I was actually a chemist prior to becoming a teacher, so I made that pivot uh, and then worked uh, primarily in the public schools in uh, Washington, D.C., after relocating um, from my hometown, I know you're clearly, you know, a Philly guy mm-hmm. um, from, from Pittsburgh originally. So oh, um, I left it. Pittsburgh, went to D.C., began teaching, uh, moved into instructional coaching. And my last school based role was assistant principal at a, an elementary school in D.C. Okay. And um, yeah, during that that time, you know, at, at one point, my wife came to me and said, congratulations, you're going to be a dad. And I was like, this is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also took a step back and said, well, you know, what that ultimately means, I think, ideally, is that I want to be present. I want to be there. Yeah. And, you know, my my kind of initial goal and intent was 
I need to work from home, be remote, um, just to, you know, be there. I know what, what it means to be there, especially once I found out that I was having a son, I was like, oh yeah, I got to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in doing that, I, throughout the course of, we'll say the year, um, you know, back in 2019, prior to the pandemic and everything, that was kind of like what I was focusing on was, okay, well, how can I make this, this pivot? How can I make this shift and execute this transition? And it wasn't really until like toward the end of the school year after COVID-19 had hit and everybody was back home and we were, you know, all, you know, focusing on works remotely as far as the schools go, that something came through. And with that pivot, I went into education technology or ed tech, which mm -hmm. I referenced a lot in a lot of my material and resources and began working uh, in product uh, for a company that basically sells packages and sells a K-12 math curriculum. Okay. So I was a product associate there and then made some shifts and pivots along the way into doing something a little bit different now. But with that, I was actually traveling for work, came home um, from, you know, a trip to Utah, I believe it was, uh, for training and found out that I had COVID and oh. had to quarantine from my family for two weeks. And within mm -hmm. that time, I tried to really think about, well, how can I make the best of this? Yeah. And I thought about who can I support with, you know, best use of this time. And I said, well, educators, who needs the most help? Teachers do. Yeah. So that's how, I, how, you know, the Edu Hustle movement was essentially kind of started and jumping in on social platforms led to me uh, creating the Facebook group and building out that capacity and just offering whatever support I could. And then it growing into, you know, people needing more uh, resources, more supports, more access, and thinking about, well, how can I position myself to be able to do those things efficiently? And here we are, you know, offering, um, you know, different sessions. You know, I, I actually kind of preface my my one-on-one -on -one supports in the realm of what educators are familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I call them career IEPs or career RTI sessions. To basically give an idea of this is this is what we're focused on, specialized instruction, similar to what our students would and should receive in the best case scenario in schools, but doing that for people in their career trajectory um, in their pathway. So yeah. those are just some of the aspects. But, um, but yeah, it was all grounded in just understanding that people need support, people need help. And I thought about it in terms of breaking it into three major pillars that makes sense uh and kind of column wise and like building this structure uh the first is maximizing your time the second is maximizing your talent and the third is maximizing earning potential and those were the three main things for me transitioning out that mm -hmm. i was able to efficiently and effectively do but then also things that from sharing my experience and the things that i was learning uh, actually able to replicate in other people. So I was able to basically name those things um, because maximizing your time, quick example, I used to drive an hour in the morning, hour and a half, maybe two hours with DC traffic in the afternoon. There was no way I could do that in the car with a newborn baby at home. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Uh, talent, we know that educators are extremely talented people, very creative, mm -hmm. can produce a lot of different things outside of the classroom in the scope of teaching. So thought about, you know, how can we incorporate that? And then earning potential, I think, is uh, 
pretty self-explanatory in terms of wanting to maximize that with all the skill sets and things that we have. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for transitioning educators, uh, you know, the initial part where you've made the decision, I'm, I'm going to move out of the classroom, I need to move into something new, you know, that's just the first step in, in a long journey for some. Um, and probably the most overwhelming part of it is that next step then, and what do I do now that I made this decision? So when the candidates come to you with, with that need for advice, how do you try to break down the process for them? Because it, it can be overwhelming. So you need to kind of break that down, show them the different pieces of, of their initial job search phase. So, so what are some of the things that you do to make the process a little less overwhelming for them as they start out? For sure. Well, currently, this is actually a little bit of a newer resource that I've just put in place. It was a, a part of, I did a, a five-day teacher transition challenge a while back. And one of the initial components of it was an inventory. And that's kind of like one of the the pathways and kind of uh, tools that I put in place initially when I'm meeting with anybody is um, it, it basically breaks down, you know, the uh, interests and strengths that that person would have. And right now, actually, on on my website, you know, I'm linked in my at the top of my LinkedIn profile. It actually takes you directly to a video that I created mm -hmm. uh, that walks through the process of, the, of doing this and, and creating it. But with that, you take your interests and strengths inventory. And from there, you can actually begin to make correlations between those things and then start to think, okay, well, what types of job titles, what types of career pathways align to these things? Because what I find is ultimately that it's it's extremely important to, of course, narrow your search mm -hmm. and really think about what things make the most sense. But um, and just building that out, I think is it's really important to be accurate and, you know, on top of exactly what pathway or, you know, what direction you're going in, uh, in alignment with your skill set and the things that you already accomplished and been done really well with so that you don't necessarily have to feel like, you know, I have to, you know, get another degree or certification or it's kind of like thinking about, well, what do you have right now in your wheelhouse that you can put in place? Um, and, and leverage. So that's kind of the starting point is really thinking about, you know, what do I, what do I enjoy about working in this world? And then also, you know, what can I really point to in terms of things that I, I do better than, and, and, you know, respectfully better than anybody. Right. And yeah. whenever you're able to pinpoint those things, um, you know, quick example for me, like one of my lists is, the first thing is STEM, where, which I'm really big in, a, a proponent of. Uh, and then also, I think I, I'm a decent writer. So mm -hmm. STEM, writing, what types of job titles align to those things? Yeah. And you come across a good list and then that sends you down the rabbit hole into, you know, wonderland. But that's sure. a good start, I think, a launch point. Um, yeah. And then also just, and I do, you know, free, uh, free consultation calls where we do some of that, but more so it's it's really just about listening mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, rather than just looking at a resume and, and thinking, you know, well, what does this person look like on paper? Because that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. So I think it's really important about getting in and actually getting a grasp of a person's narrative and uncovering some of those things that we as educators might just like throw, you know, a blanket over and say, it's not that important. And like, no, don't wait, 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 open, <laughs> open that up. We got to talk about that uh, because that could potentially be that, that thing that slingshots you 
And so those are the kind of the main components of thinking about, you know, that that inventory, like where we are, but also, you know, who are you and what have you done to point you in the next direction where you could be successful? Yeah, definitely. And and that's a, kind of a good segue because you've talked about, you know, the, the search and, and there's a fine line between narrowing your search and limiting your options. So, um, you know, and I'm sure you, you know, as someone who was in ed tech, that's one of the, the more popular areas that educators try to transition into L&D, instructional design, even customer success were kind of like the the big four for a while, and then it just became saturated and led to more frustrations. So as you're walking your candidates through that process, what are some of the things that you try to do to open their eyes to opportunities that are outside of the, the easy ones that they can consider just because they have the word instruction or learning or education in the job title? Well, I think luckily for me, I've been fortunate enough to work alongside a lot of those common job titles. Mm -hmm. So working directly in conjunction, rubbing elbows with customer success managers. Um, I've worked in curriculum. I've done a bunch of different contract work and, you know, sales and, you know, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to see what those functions look like. And sometimes having conversations with people, getting that narrative, those initial kind of breakdowns and stories, you can you can begin to kind of gauge, all right, well, you get a feel for personality. Um, so that that kind of, I don't want to say it's innate, but it's it's something that you end up kind of learning and it grows on you with just working with people in different departments. And then outside of that, I think there's, there's definitely uh, something you said for kind of harnessing and leveraging different resources that folks might not be, um, you know, aware of mm-hmm. and things that I, I potentially wasn't for and I can give a gem. I think a lot of people might be um, aware of this one, but I'm gonna throw it out. Ed Surge is like my favorite resource, and hopefully they give me some I don't know uh, <laughs> marketing credit or something for that. But just I think thinking about more creative ways of going into your search. So instead of really combing and sifting through this long list of job titles and descriptions and things, you know, how can we, again, going back to kind of pinpointing that focus area, you know, within that, you know, what companies potentially are providing solutions for the things that you really care about, yeah. right? A lot of, you know, folks who work in early literacy and in those types of areas where there's a great need, you know, who's providing those solutions and also what organizations are highlighting the companies that are providing those solutions, right? Are you know, are there awards being given? So I think taking a step back, sometimes it may be backwards planning and thinking uh, related to that. But I think another component uh, just kind of related to it is really beginning to think about the things that, you know, you use commonly. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you use in every day and how does it help? And and even just considering like, you know, forward thinking, like, you know, down the line, where do we kind of see the the trend of education and things going and, and where does it make sense to, for you to kind of position yourself, uh, which is kind of where I see myself with even thinking about like the whole, you know, implementation of AI and things like that, where right. it's like, you see these trends, but how do I make sure that I'm someone who can essentially be an asset um, in this space as I see it kind of, you know, moving and positioning, so. Yeah, definitely. 
So now as the as the edu hustle movement continues to grow, what are some of the things that candidates that come to you can expect from utilizing your services? You know, what are some of the steps that you guide them through when it comes to their their resume, interview prep, um, job searching techniques, being strategic with their their outreach to hiring managers, recruiters, things like that? How do you try to walk them through that process and provide that support that they need throughout? Uh, so I think what folks can expect related to services and supports through Edu Hustle, uh, I think is a little bit different in some contexts from others. Is what I really hone in on is more of an insider's perspective and focus. So being somebody who has been through a lot of different channels and, and pathways, just in my, you know, my short you know time um, as a professional in, in everything related, because I mean I'm still you know early thirties. But I've done a bunch of different things. So I've seen a lot of different facets from, you know, curricular aspects to the client, client success and customer support and, and what those things look like. So for me, it's all about thinking about, well, what was my experience in these different kind of streams? So thinking about things like, well, what was onboarding like for a full-time role here versus here? What was it like uh, onboarding and, and getting acclimated to contract work and what can people expect there? Mapping out the most common and kind of consistent aspects of interview processes and questions. So for me, it's all about really digging into personal experience, but knowing that that's not the only experience and also just doing research and saying like, well, what are the most commonly asked questions for interviews? what should transitioning teachers really consider in terms of you know the things that they present verbally as it aligns to their resumes? One thing I always throw out uh, as a key kind of component, especially for interviews for transitioning teachers is that we all have at least three stories mm -hmm. that can be leveraged for interviews, conversations, whatever. Um, and those three stories are essentially a story that will make somebody laugh, a story that will make somebody cry, and a story that will make somebody very angry. Mm -hmm. And you can harness those things and flip them and then turn them into something where it has an actual, use, usually, uh, measurable outcome on the back end, right? Like, what was the, what was the, you know, the end result of you having to deal with this crazy administrator mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, put all these different stressors on you and you were able to charge forth and come out and lead, you know, some type of triumphant type of exploration with your staff members um, in a PLC that then led to, you know, students excelling by an additional 12%, you know, whatever the case is. How can you speak directly to your experience there? Because when we get to that point, um, it's not necessarily just us like selling ourselves based on our resume. It's more so I'm I'm literally putting myself in front of you and kind of pouring that out and right. find that it's just a lot more natural uh, to talk about yourself like that versus having to like sell yourself and you know put yourself out like that. It's yeah, it just yeah, it just feels more organic. Absolutely, absolutely. So last question I have for you is the one that I ask everyone that, that jumps on here with because I, I like to to see the differences in in what is 
kind of sent out to the world. So, and it's the advice question, you know, so um, you could take this as a piece of advice you were given when you were on your own search in terms of what you wanted to do next that, that really resonated with you and helped you or the key piece of advice that you give to any of the candidates that you're working with. But what do you feel is kind of that most beneficial or valuable piece that, that you can provide to anyone as part of their their job search, wherever they are in that process? It's hard to it's hard to choose just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 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 gonna sneak I'm gonna sneak an, an additional one in here. Okay. Uh, but the first one would definitely be give yourself grace. Give yourself grace for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that enough to where, honestly, the the mindset and mentality piece of it all is is really, it's just that it's that thing that's right at the front um, that can actually become like that great wall, like that barrier mm-hmm. that will deny you entry into the next phase of what you're trying to do. Um, so, you know, take a step back if you need to breathe and and then kind of surge forward as you can and, you know, move at your pace and know that your pace is your pace. Yeah. I mean, for me, at first transition from being an AP took six months. I'd be, you know, like to be transparent with people and tell them this is what happened. This was the process. So, you know, give yourself grace. Um, and then the second one, you know, just really breaking this down a little bit further is um, really ultimately realizing that there's not a one size fits all for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see often that sometimes there's like, here's the secret to this. And yeah. I think that this kind of goes into the giving yourself grace thing, mm-hmm. but just realizing that for you, you know, this is panning out in the way that is going to be most suitable for you as a person, as an individual. And it's not necessarily, you know, so much a, a cook, cookie cutter event um, where it's, you know, the same kind of trajectory is going to happen um, in the same manner. So with that, just just be not be mindful of the fact that, you know, you're your own person, you're an individual, uh, but also, again, just really really take the time to understand who it is that you are as a, as a person, as a human, um, and also as a professional and, and how that, that plays out into, you know, what it is that you see yourself doing, what you really want and the things that you see that are really important, um, and, in holding and sticking true to those non-negotiables, uh, because a lot of times we can find ourselves, you know, trying to, you know, kind of wavering. Yeah. And I think that in those cases, the, the end result doesn't really serve as well. Right. Um, so just, you know, taking time for that and um, yeah, take your time and uh, it can be stressful and there can be, you know, aspects where it, it can, you know, I know that there are some instances where it's like, I'm, I'm rushing, I have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just trusting in, you know, what you're doing in the process. And the, I think the last thing I wanted to mention actually was, um, being able to block out the noise yeah because there's a lot of information there's a lot of resources a lot of stuff you're going to see you know me with you know this shirt on flying around on linkedin and stuff like that just Mm -hmm. if the information is for you you know take what you came from it Uh, but everything else just kind of you know block it out because when you get that more kind of tunnel vision and you know forward focus um you're able to continue to push forward without necessarily having to have so many other things and people, um, you know, in your ear that would deter you or distract you. 
So absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So then before I let you go here, um, you know, last thing I'd like to do is give you some time to kind of plug what you've got going on. I know you've mentioned that you you hold some live learning events and, and things that people can jump on with you where they can find you to kind of look into the services that you provide, set up those consultation calls, things like that. So it takes some time to to let the people know where they can connect with you easily. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, definitely. LinkedIn is uh, one of the primary uh, focal points in terms of media right now. So definitely tap in with EduHustle. Uh, you'll also see my name, Cedric, in parentheses there uh, on uh, LinkedIn, as well as on uh, Instagram uh, at EduHustle. And the main focal point, I think, uh, where people would go to get access to a lot of resources, including some free career resources, webinars, uh, and then, of course, the one-on-one -on -one consultations and kind of the career I, uh, RTI and IEP things that I mentioned uh, would be the website, eduhustle.co, uh, so E-D-U-H-U-S-T-L-E dot C-O. Um, so, yep, be happy to support. And uh, again, I really appreciate, Matt, you having me on your platform. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking some time. Hopefully we can work again together soon. Um, but if you're not following Cedric yet, make sure you're doing that. Connect with him. Uh, follow along the journeys he does, especially for the, the transition educators. You know, they can never have enough resources. So make sure you're taking advantage of the people that are offering their help. I um, hope everyone who's watching and listening has a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you next Monday.